Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Don't know why I did that like a BBC broadcast from the 50s. But welcome back to Same Shit Different Brain, episode 13 with me, Rebecca Ryder. Hope you're all doing okay. I've had quite an exciting week in terms of the podcast because I've done the first ever live event in conjunction with Manchester Fashion Movement and that was all about how fashion and mental health can overlap and the related issues around climate change and our global responsibilities now and how eco-anxiety is affecting a lot of people. I've always felt really passionate about being able to help our self-esteem through clothing, express ourselves through clothing, but it's really great to be able to do things like that now and meet people in real life and have real life conversations so I'm really hoping that live events are something that I'm going to be pushing forward with a little bit more and hopefully get to meet some listeners in real life too so I'll keep you posted on that but this week we have Liam Smith on the podcast who is a social media manager and mental health podcaster himself. I was introduced to Liam through my friend Lauren and he was just a perfect person to have on because he spoke so candidly about his own experiences with depression, spoke about anxiety and all the treatments that he's tried and things, spoke openly about medication, how he's handling the new normal, not that we want to use that term anymore, um, and how he coped throughout the pandemic as well and just gave a really insightful sort of account of male mental health how men approach mental health and he acknowledges that as open as he is he still wishes that he could be more open as well so it's definitely a conversation that's still very very relevant and i hope we can get more men on as well we've had three now which is really good i hope you enjoy it anyway and if you enjoy listening to the podcast please if you have time i would appreciate it so much if you wouldn't mind leaving a review through Apple Podcasts, even if you don't listen to it through there, it's dead easy. You just go on the podcast app on your iPhone or through Apple Podcasts on the web and just go to my show. Same shit, different brain. Just go to the bottom, write a review. It doesn't have to be long, but I'd really appreciate it because it's nice to get feedback, you know. I put a lot of hours into it and I really hope that I am actually helping people with it. So it's really nice when I can hear if it has actually done anything for anyone. And thank you very much to Rachel, who was on a few episodes ago, for leaving my first review a couple of weeks ago, which was really nice. But enjoy. Let me know what you think. Right, there we go. It seems like you've... You're next to a window like me, but I look like a ghost and I can't seem to get the lighting right. <laughs> <laughs> I've somehow nailed it completely inadvertently. I don't know how. In winter, I feel like it was a lot easier and it was darker out, but maybe it's that big mirror. Yeah. But, ah, oh well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so nice to meet you. It's um, Yeah, you too. Through Lauren, wasn't it, that we, we were introduced? Lauren's yeah my best friends do you just sort of follow each other online I, I don't know whether you actually yeah like- I can't I can't really remember when we started to be honest but yeah I think she might have um we work in like similar industry so yeah I think it's through that basically yeah yeah um, so are you working in social media is it social media manager is that right yeah so I, I work I do the social media for Doncaster Council oh, um, yeah. and I have I have done for the last um probably about two years 
and I've kind of yeah I used to do it and then I left and then I've come back to it <laughs> so oh, okay. uh, yeah and so yeah a few I've done like a few talks at conferences and stuff like that so I think that's where people have started to like find out about my work and stuff yeah yeah so do you enjoy being in social media do you think is is it like a pressured industry because I've never I've done bits and pieces of social media but never properly like social media management or that's been like my yeah thing yeah I kind of I like it I when it's going well I love it but there's elements of it that I absolutely can't stand and so it's I guess that I guess it's similar for most jobs isn't it but yeah yeah the it's it's difficult when um especially for a council as well because people love to just moan at you basically so oh, I bet. it yeah. can be quite hard mentally to like on a day where if you've got to put out something negative particularly on Facebook like I will log on knowing that I'm going to get 300 comments from people that are just absolutely slating us and I've got to kind of reply to them and that can be quite hard sometimes yeah just putting out um, fires left right and center yeah so it can, it's very tiring but um no, when I get, I'm lucky because I've got quite a bit of like creative freedom where I work. And so I get to do a lot of quirky stuff and have fun and that. So oh, that's really good. good. I like that side of it for sure. Yeah. So you get the good side as well. I um, yeah. I joined Priory Group last year and I actually had to manage the social channels for a couple of months while they were in between getting someone in for that role. And God, managing a private healthcare channel during a worldwide pandemic was not for yeah you. I can imagine it wasn't yeah, hundreds imagine. of comments but the ones that we did get were pretty vicious and it was like repeat offenders of people and it was very personal to a lot of people as well so it's it's difficult yeah you have to reply yeah to- and then you end up thinking like how do I yeah do I just keep responding do I end up blocking that person is that going to yeah. make it worse if I do this yeah that can be a bit oh. of a nightmare yeah it's scary yeah. it's just like anyone can chat to you publicly now and you're in charge of keeping the brands yeah (laughs) exactly yeah it can be a bit intimidating sometimes for sure but no it's got good bits it's definitely got good bits because we have got quite a good following now of people that know what we're about and that kind of stuff so that's good yeah yeah cool so I know that you're quite vocal about mental health online which is really good and I'm definitely trying to do that more myself I mean I think that's partly why I started the podcast as well um yeah so it's really nice getting other people's insights on that yeah yeah everyone's got opinion on it over the last year everyone's got personal experience um and yeah relates to it more and I think has a bit more self-awareness than they always did which is really yeah I know what you mean yeah. I think again the more people that can talk about it as well it just helps to really normalize it and particularly men yeah. because I think obviously it's such a huge issue in men um of course but yeah I think that's why I've been passionate about making sure I speak about it because yeah, I just don't want it to be one of those things. It helps me a bit to speak about it, but then it also hopefully helps other people a bit as well. So that's definitely why I want to speak about it as much as I can really. I'm sure it does. Yeah. And I mean, it's been mostly women that I've had on so far. I've had um, two guys, you're the third. So I definitely want to get more on because it's just more of a stigma for men isn't there and it's there is a growing awareness but it's still a thing that more men definitely yeah. up. and it's an issue obviously like a big um cause of death for men under 49 I think it is the leading cause yeah I think it's the leading cause isn't it yeah yeah um and yeah the, there's a lot I mean it's something we'll come on to talk about but there's a lot of stuff around like 
men learning to speak up and talk to each other and stuff but it's it's quite hard practically to do that sometimes and so I think that is something that needs some conversation around it because it's I'm not a big fan of like the the slogans like it's okay not to be okay and stuff like that because I find it's that's an easy thing for people to say um or it's an easy thing for like a company to tweet it and then think that's enough but yeah practically it's a bit harder than that isn't it it is yeah it's knowing exactly what details to go into how to have the conversation and recognizing that for some yeah we all have mental health but it's not the same for everyone and some people will have worse experiences and it's talking about the not so mainstream shall we say side of it that can be really difficult and it's not just meditation yoga and you know they're they're good self what sort of self-help well-being tips for everyone on a daily basis but when if it's worse for someone people really need to be able to recognize the signs and be able to get them the correct support don't they yeah exactly and yeah I think for men it's it's just one of those um things that I think just because of you know how men are in our culture um it's very difficult to kind of be and I'm a very open person but I still fall into that trap hundreds of times you know um I had it actually last week where I've just transitioned between different tablets basically my antidepressants that I was on I wasn't convinced they were really working for me so I've moved on to another one but I've done the whole tapering off of my tablets onto new ones so last probably for I started the new ones on Tuesday but before that I was off of any tablets for about a week and I felt horrendous um but I played football on Wednesday night which I love doing yeah but I was a bit crap because I just had no energy and stuff and I wanted to kind of say to people like I'm going through a really big thing and I'm I'm off antidepressants that I've been on for 16 months but I just didn't I didn't do it and that's me speaking who's a very vocal you know fairly confident guy I'm I've had a lot of counseling and that kind of stuff so God knows how people feel if they're like not as well versed in it or not as experienced with it they're never going to say anything are they so yeah if they don't even know what's going on inside themselves yeah harder to find the words isn't it and I guess yeah absolutely environment as well the people that you're around it would be nice if people could be completely open at any time but um yeah sometimes that that pressure isn't it that makes it even worse and it's there's still like a bit of embarrassment of making someone feel awkward I guess which it shouldn't be like that yeah um, you know we're only human it's like fear of rejection I guess is like innate within us and all those kinds of things um yeah absolutely but yeah, yeah. And, the, and the idea the fear of it is is what holds most people back I guess and it how you'll yeah. be perceived and all that kind of stuff yeah um, and that's why it's important yeah. I think to for people to know the people they can trust and have like specific people they can open up to and feel safe with and they know yeah. they'll be there for them if they need it. Yeah, absolutely. But um, so I'll go to the first question anyway. So in terms of today, how is your day going? Yeah, it's not it's not too bad. As I said, I've um, I've started my new tablets now, so I know it takes it can take five to six weeks for antidepressants to really start having an impact. But genuinely, I feel like this week is chalk and cheese compared to last week, how I felt. Um, I've really, yeah, I've started to 
really try to live the whole one day at a time thing, which yeah. is it's said so often that you should try and live one day at a time and focus just on today. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to actually do that. Quite, um, yeah. But I, I do feel like I'm kind of getting there a bit now and I'm really just focusing on not stressing too much if I can about tomorrow or what's going to happen at the weekend. I'm just thinking about, yeah, today actually I feel not too bad. So I will take that all day long compared to how I have been feeling over the last yeah. couple of weeks. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. silver lining. I heard something the other yeah. day that um, humans are the only species who can think about the past and the future. And that's why yeah. such an abil- ability to sort of, sabotage their own happiness because they say that like focusing on the present is the key to everything but it's impossible isn't yeah. it I mean obviously as yeah it really that, is um, it really is I just think um particularly I mean they're both they're they're so different like looking at the past and looking at the future yeah they're equally um difficult to kind of stop yourself from doing and they kind of like mess my head up in a different way so future is the more like anxiety stuff and then I think past tends to speak more to my depressive side of like regrets or traumas and stuff like that um so it's so hard to it really is like effort and work to try and live in the present and um but I do hopefully think I'm getting there a little bit now which is great I'm happy to say that yeah I mean I've learned so much about it myself and I still forget, like they say, like with gratitude, keeping a gratitude journal, they say that's like the foundation of like good well-being. Um, but I just sometimes think, oh, I think I've run out of things to feel grateful for. And like I've asked like um life coach about it before, and she said, if you write in the same thing repeatedly, it doesn't matter. But you, when you think about it, there'll always be something, you know, it could be the simplest thing to feel grateful yeah. for. And it does help your mood. Um but yeah, it's a yeah. lot of work. It's making time for all these things that we have to do to stay yeah. clean, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in terms of yourself, what are the things that impact your mental health the most? Um, I think, so I, I've always, I'm one of those people that it's, it's very much my depression is like from a mixture of different stuff. So the more, the more counselling that I've had, I've kind of really realised that... Um, it's so much obviously stems from childhood that happens a lot for you know most people yeah your whole life is shaped by your childhood mm-hmm. um and I'm I'm very lucky because actually like my childhood compared to you know 99% of people on the planet my childhood was fantastic like I've got a great relationship with my parents and my whole family is great um I've not suffered, you know, trauma in that kind of way that a lot of people are unlucky enough to have done. Mm-hmm. Um, but that almost sometimes becomes like a stick to beat myself with, where it's like I've got no right to feel this way because I know what you mean. People have been through so much stuff, or you know, people people like to say to you, "Count your blessings," because you know, I've, I'm married. I've got a wife who I really, you know, we've got an amazing relationship. I love her with all my heart. We've got a daughter. you know like bloody hell how lucky can I be but I still have depression and that is not going to go away because it's a chemical imbalance in my head um so it's not trying to it's trying not to beat myself up about the fact that I feel shit in spite of you know all of the amazing blessings that I've got in my life um 
I think at the moment, definitely one of the big things at the moment is just stress because um, it doesn't take that much for me at the moment to really kind of like spiral down. Uh, one or two stressful things can happen and it will like knock me out for a week almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I was kind of, you know, again, beating myself up about that. But then I think I've realised that over the last 18 months, we've all been living at almost like 80% stress capacity anyway. You know, you wake up out of bed and you're like, oh my God, the world's gone to shit. And, you know, I'm struggling with X, Y, Z. And so actually it's not that I kept thinking, oh, I'm not as resilient as I used to be, or this, this wouldn't have bothered me before. But it's actually the fact that I'm running at almost capacity the whole time anyway. So it doesn't take much. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't think it does take as much to kind of make you snap a bit. No. And that's probably why people, you know, more like I've read the other day that road rage has gone up by about 400% in the last year. Yeah. That's why, because, you know, people are going through the same stuff, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's been so long now that we've got used to it. Like probably in the early days, we probably did make more of an allowance for it. And people were like, oh, I'm in a pandemic, so I'm going to let myself off for this or that or whatever people need to get by. But now, because it's sort of being painted like we're out of it, but we're not really out of it. There's still the threat of what could happen next. And is it over or is it not over? That messes with your head even more. It's sort of like a faux reality that we're in at the moment yeah um, yeah absolutely agree yeah and I, and I think because of that it's I've had times where I'm like I can't quite believe that that affected me as much as it did just little things that aren't really in the grand scheme of things that bad but um I'll give you an example so one uh, a couple of months ago I took my daughter to a like a messy play group and it had been marketed as like you know, from naught to, or from six months to three years old, yeah. basically. Um, and my, my daughter was about 10 months old at the time. And I got there and the woman running the group was like, please do not let your children eat any of the messy play stuff. Yeah. Um, so with a 10 month old, like that is literally... Impossible. <laughs> uh, yeah, her main hobby is putting stuff in her mouth. Um, and so, yeah, she was the youngest kid there by quite a lot. Um and I just started to feel really conspicuous and like, you know, everyone else was cracking on and doing stuff because their kids were two or three and they were able to walk around and do painting and stuff like that. And in the end, I, I literally ended up sat in the corner of the room with Bonnie, my daughter. Um, she had a wooden spoon and she was just banging it on the floor. <laughs> and I was like, you know, we could be doing that at home anyway. But yeah. <laughs> I started because I was stressing and feeling embarrassed and all this kind of stuff started to get on top of me. I wanted to just leave the situation. So we ended up, I took her out and left early. Um, and again, that might not sound like a huge thing to us, to somebody, but I, I got in the car. In high stress environment. Yeah. Yeah. Point, like you say. I got in the car and I just sobbed my heart out. I I didn't see it coming, didn't expect it at all. I was honestly like weeping in the car. But I I think it was because it was all of the baggage of like, I'm hoping that my mental health doesn't impact my daughter as she grows up. Yeah. I'm hoping I can still be a good dad despite my depression and stuff. And the fact that something fairly like not a big deal had affected me so much. 
Yeah. I, so it just really it. knocked me for six, you know. Um, but again, I think that's because it's just such a weird world we're living in that already, you know, it's not usual to, for example, that that class, it would have been me and my wife there together, just as a stupid example. We'd have yeah. been there together. I wouldn't have had to have a mask on. I wouldn't have to be thinking, oh my God, am I too close to that woman over there? Am I too close to them? Has all this stuff been disinfected? Is the floor clean? You know, it's already so much stress that yeah. I think that's why it impacted me so much. Of course, yeah, because you're not just thinking about yourself, you're thinking about your little girl. And I think a lot of people I've heard talking like, you know, like feeling silly for feeling anxious or scared doing normal things or what used to be normal things but we've been conditioned now to yeah have this fear around everything and be cautious around everything and it's only natural yeah. that it's just going to pile on the pressure that we already put on ourselves from day to day yeah. and as a parent yeah, absolutely as well. yeah and I just think like it's not it's not normal what we're going through and I think no. that's the key thing to try and tell yourself that no one has ever been through this in in history do you know what I mean and it sounds, you know, melodramatic to say that, but it's true. No one, no one's quite been through what we're going through at the moment. I'm not yeah. saying it's worse than the plague, but um, it brings its own challenges, you know. Yeah, of course. So it's not surprising that you're going to start feeling a bit crap after a while or you're going to have days where you're really stressed out and all that kind of stuff. No, I mean, who would have ever seen it come in? And, like, sometimes you have to remind yourself and you think, God, like, I managed to carry on living my life in this really unprecedented time and then you start to feel a bit better than you're like god I've done quite well actually <laughs> yeah actually <laughs> I'm great yeah yeah exactly we have to give ourselves credit I think yeah absolutely absolutely bringing up a child in it as well I mean it must have been very strange for her yeah yeah I mean that was one of the one of the other questions that you're going to ask about um what's the most difficult part of lockdown that has been that's been it for me really is yeah. having my daughter during that time because just so much stuff when you've when I've already got depression and you know like a bit of anxiety thrown in there as well some of these situations you end up in are just so hard to deal with so for example got to the hospital when my wife was in labor I had to sit in the car on my own for six hours oh my god like that never a situation I would have ever thought I'd be in but it, it's yeah. what happened and you just kind of have to put up and shut up with it, you know. Um, so, yeah, just so honestly, so many things throughout the whole time that have been really quite difficult to process mentally. And I think for me and my wife, it will take a while afterwards to kind of unpick it and think of what we've been through. Because, you know, my my family are from Essex. I'm from Essex. Um, so I've, I'm 200 miles away from all my family even stuff like that, having a baby and not being able to see them for months on end or, you know, not seeing even stupid stuff. Like when, um, when Helen was pregnant, having to do everything online, you know, we didn't think yeah. we'd have to do that, you know, buying a pram and all the baby clothes, we were having to just get on like Facebook marketplace and stuff and yeah, just trust yeah. they'd be right. And yeah, it's, it took a lot of the kind of joyful moments of pregnancy away for sure. Yeah. Um, and I felt, I felt, you know, a bit heartbroken for Helen that she didn't get to enjoy. I mean, her maternity leave, she's going back to work in a couple of weeks and she's done bits and pieces, but, you know, she's not had that much chance to go and meet people and do all the stereotypical stuff that she wanted to be doing. 
Um, so yeah, it's been hard at times for sure. Yeah, one of my previous guests, Laura, she had a baby um, in lockdown or was it coming towards the end of lockdown? She did like the majority of um, her pregnancy or like the latter months of her pregnancy um, socially distanced and just isolated. Like her mom works for Alder Hay Hospital as well. So there was just like no chance of even trying yeah. to risk like, you know, meeting outside or anything like that. Um, and then she was having to raise her on her own. She just said it was really strange, like nice because she had that time with her um, by herself. Yeah. But um, it must have been really hard not to have like the normal support network around you. And it's always yeah, absolutely. a new parent. Yeah, just to really. But like you say, the, the flip side of it, a, a massive positive that, you know, I'm really lucky that I've worked from home the whole time. So when my daughter was born, I had time off for paternity leave but then I've been at home the whole time yeah um which is great you know and this is the I guess this is the problem with the whole thing because it is positives and negatives and okay. again that starts to get into like the who are you to complain when you've been at home with your daughter I'd have killed to be in that position you know yes it's amazing that I've been able to do that but at the same time very stressful to be expected to work hold down a job nine to five while you've got a baby kicking off in the next room of course it is the, yeah the guilt of feeling like desperately wanting to go and help my wife but I've got a meeting in five minutes so what do I do you know a lot of that kind of stuff so it all there's no um no black and white with this is there I think every yeah. situation has got positives and negatives yeah and we really do like just sort of naturally veer towards feeling guilty for anything that we might be going through but you know it's not like a competition it's not like one upmanship it's it's everyone's own experiences relative relative to them and yeah we might have found it easier or some people you know everyone's had different circumstances around it and yeah it's it's a shame that we I do it all the time I just feel guilty for so many things that I shouldn't really but um yeah we just we're hard on ourselves aren't we it's very difficult not to do that because I that's one of the things I've spoken to with my my counsellor a lot is um yeah that guilt of why why do I have the right to feel like this when I'm you know got privilege I mean innately I'm a white man so I'm already doing fairly well um <laughs> so like what right have I got to feel down about anything really but where do you draw the line because um exactly yeah you know so for example one of one of my best friends when I first got diagnosed with depression last February in 2020 um his dad had died about a month before that oh, and then by the end of the year his mum was diagnosed with cancer as well oh, so I used to think to myself like come on Liam if if your friend can get through that why are you sobbing about a baby class do you know what I mean yeah but it doesn't as as ruthless or horrible as it sounds his issues don't affect me I can't help that oh, I can't help how he processes stuff he can't help how I process stuff no not at all um and also like I say where do you draw the line you know as um as awful as that last year was for him He's married. He's got a, an amazing wife that he loves. He's got a great house. You know, he's, his yeah. mum is doing okay now, fingers crossed. Oh, that's so 
he might be thinking to himself, like, I can't moan because there's people in the Sudan who don't even have houses. You can't always compare to everybody else, no. can you? No, you can't be constantly looking at, you know, the big, bigger picture. Um, it's good to have the yeah. awareness, obviously, but you can't worry about every little thing. You have to sort of take care of yourself and, you know, we're not doing it on purpose. Everyone's wired differently as well. It's yeah. If we could cope amazingly, we would, but if you can't, you can't, then that's, you know, we have to have compassion. For yeah. Ourselves. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's a big word, isn't it? Compassion, I think. Oh, that's God. probably probably like the most valuable thing that anyone could possibly give me is just the the understanding and and compassion that it doesn't matter and it's okay like that friend I've spoken to him about stuff because we're like I said really close and I've mentioned those feelings that I've had to him and he's said exactly the same thing like just please don't feel that way oh that's good he's he's really proud of how I've how open I've been and everything and and yeah, he he has obviously been through a lot of dark moments, but the fact that I've been able to speak about my stuff, he can speak about his mental stuff as well. And and it's helped him bring us closer, a lot closer actually over the last year. Oh, that's good. Um, whereas if I just like bottled that up and thought, well, I can't say that to him because he's going through all of that. I'd have just let it fester in me and it's not going to help me to feel that guilt, but it oh. would definitely make things worse. And then you make up scenarios in your head because you don't actually try to find out how it will play out in real life. Um, I think we're all guilty of that, you know, and then that sort of becomes the thing that you fixate on. But the thing in your head is never, never the truth. It's always more harsh. And I think the way that we speak to ourselves is always so much harsher than our friends would speak to us. And we just, oh God, yeah. It's easy to just imagine the worst and to think that people are thinking negatively, especially when you're feeling low. Um, yeah absolutely oh god yeah the amount of times that I've um I've said to myself stuff that I would never dream of saying to another human being let alone you know a loved one you know like because my weight is a big trigger for me that I've always that was that was one of the only things when I was a kid that you know I got bullied a bit for for weight and stuff like that so that's been something that I've battled with a long time um and yeah some of the stuff I catch myself saying to myself it's like it's really horrible language. I'll say, oh, you're a fat, you know, waste of space or like piece of shit or all this stuff that you'd never say to someone else. Oh. But, you know, you just catch yourself saying it sometimes yeah. in your own head. Yeah, um, it's to stop yourself before you start doing it. But it's just so easy when you already feel low. Yeah. And when you reflect back on it, you feel really quite sad about that. Um, yeah, yeah the way that you how harsh you can be like we I was talking in a previous episode about I like a coping technique keep hearing about now is like treating sort of this the voice inside you is like you're in a child and I, I find that really helps I find it really helps with self-compassion yeah. like thinking about a younger version of myself and like how would I want to speak to that version and I find myself being a lot more passionate then and feeling sort of protective over yeah that's really that's a really nice way to think about it actually because it is again those weight issues all do stem from my childhood obviously and being called fat at school so yeah it's it's so true that that is just when I'm saying that to myself that is still just little boy Liam inside me thinking people at school are going to think you're fat you know 
that's it doesn't matter to me anymore it's not no no, no one's thinking that anyway but no, yeah trying to just be, be kind to that little boy rather than think you know Definitely. what are you doing to yourself or you're a piece of shit you know why would you want to say that to, yeah. to yourself I think if you like imagine giving little boy Liam a hug it's it just it yeah. sounds like quite woo woo but it's surprising how effective it can it can be actually yeah, well, one of the one of the techniques actually that my counsellor has recommended, and I have done it before, is if you go into a situation that you're a bit anxious about or concerned about, is is almost doing that sort of hug thing, just like stroke your own arm, yeah, just to comfort yourself that as if it's your mum or someone else doing it, just comfort yourself a little bit and just sort of yeah. take that moment if you're going to. You know, like socialising after COVID is a bit weird. So if you're going to a wedding and you're a bit overwhelmed with 100 people there, just take that moment before you go in to just calm yourself down and be like, it's really okay. You know, there's no expectation on you and all that kind of stuff. And and it does actually really make a difference. That's a good idea because it's something physical, isn't it? As well as sort of talking yourself down inside your head as well or reassuring yourself. Yeah. Mentally. It's, yeah, it's something. Yeah, absolutely. Some Sometimes that just physical touch of like what what you would want someone to do to you to just yeah. say, yeah, it's going to be all right, mate. Just literally do it to yourself. And, and it actually does help a little bit. I've done it. I did it a couple of weeks ago when I went to a wedding. I was like, yeah, you know bricking it before I went in and I did that and it just sort of helps take the edge off a little bit yeah I can imagine I'm gonna try yeah (laughs) yeah definitely um so what would you tell other people going through the sorts of issues that you experience day to day um I think the as I've kind of mentioned about counseling to me that is the biggest tip that I could possibly give someone is go and get counselling even if to be honest even if you don't think you need counselling go and get counselling that would be my recommendation because it cannot possibly hurt but you I feel I feel very lucky in many ways that because I'm despite my bald head and how old I look since having a baby I'm only 30 so Mm -hmm. I feel like um very very lucky that I've started this journey so early in my life because yeah I would have just repeated these patterns for my whole life basically if I'd not started to address them um and you really do start to realize when you speak to a good a good therapist you're like oh shit that's why I sorry that I'm swearing so much by the way is that no it's fine don't worry okay good um yeah (laughs) um yeah you start to realize like oh my god that's why I do that thing or that's why that makes me feel so rubbish or um so yeah counseling I honestly cannot recommend it enough because it's, it's completely changed my life to be totally honest um I had my first counseling session when I was about 27 mm-hmm. um and it just straight away it was like it was an amazing experience that first session actually because um my sister in 2016 my sister lost a baby oh. and um I hadn't I hadn't really processed it to be honest it was something that happened to her I was you know I was really sad about obviously um but I just sort of buried it a bit as we do with stuff and that was in um sort of September October time that it all kind of happened and then I had a couple of months of you know just feeling really not great not myself and all that kind of stuff and then I finally 
just booked in to see a counsellor in the January, not knowing what I was even going to say or, you know, what I wanted to talk about. I just knew I didn't feel great. And honestly, I swear to God, she, I sat down in front of her and she was like, so what do you want to talk about? And I did not even think about it, but I just started talking about my sister's baby loss. And again, just floodgates opened, I burst into tears. I hadn't even realised that I was still carrying around all of that stuff. Um, And yeah, like the power of that moment still sticks with me to this day because it makes you realise how little you're almost aware of what's going on in your own head sometimes. Exactly, yeah. And it can just be getting into that right environment for you to even realise, can't it? Um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, sometimes someone, I think we've all probably been in that situation sometimes where someone will just say something totally innocuous or you'll watch a film or something like that and something will happen in it or a TV show where it's like all of a sudden you're in floods. Yeah, you're like, oh, my God, why has that upset me so much? Um, And that's the brilliance of counting. That's, yeah yeah where did that come from well it comes from the subconscious but that's why because you're not yeah. aware of it but it's it's still there and obviously that's what therapy's for for yeah absolutely and, um, so yeah that's that's been the brilliance of it for me it's just learning like why I why I do the things I do or feel the way I feel how to try and avoid that in the future and um yeah honestly I think that's that's probably the biggest tip I could give to anyone who's going through it because I think um yeah there's a there's a bit of reluctance again from men a lot there's a lot of reluctance about doing that but yeah it can be anybody as well it can be you don't have to that was one thing I found hard starting the process is like how do you even go about choosing a counsellor yeah Um, those first steps are pretty daunting yeah yeah absolutely but you can you can kind of like shop around a little bit. I did see a couple of different counsellors that I literally just like Googled in my area. Yeah. Um, but the one that I've ended up really sticking with and, and you know, getting on really well with was through work. So I ended up referring myself in, in occupational health. Um, and I had a session with the woman that I speak to still. And yeah, I had those like six paid for sessions at work, but then I've just carried on privately with her. Um, so yeah it's sometimes about like finding the right person for you like you mentioned having a life coach and stuff you just need to find that person yeah I I hear that being emphasized more and more now like with new like there's all these new online therapy brands aren't there or ones that got bigger over the pandemic and they talk and focusing on the relationship between you and your therapist and making sure that you find the right person and how you've got the choice to switch if you don't have that connection and also the, the, the marketing it as like just getting to know yourself better because that removes the stigma of thinking that there's something wrong with you even if you do have a condition doesn't necessarily mean there's something wrong with you it's just you know we're all human right yeah. but that does add to the stigma of oh if people find out well they think there's I'm different like there's something wrong it can just be yeah absolutely getting to know yourself better and knowing why yeah well I I also, you know, not wanting to sound like a, like I think I'm an expert or I'm really smug or anything like that, but I do still, now that I've got so much more self-awareness and I understand why I do the things I do, I understand so much more about other people other as well. Yeah. Um, like I see stuff and I'm like, well, I don't judge people as much as I used to. I think I probably was a bit judgmental before, 
Um, but I see people, you know, act in certain ways or whatever. And I just think to myself, oh, well, you're probably just going through that. Or, yeah. you know, if you, you know, it could be like aggression or something like that. I'll see someone or someone will say something again, like road rage. Someone will like swear at me or something like that. And I don't get engaged in it as much because I'm just thinking like, well, they've got their own stuff going on. Yeah. You um, don't take it as, as personally, do you? And you, you no. have more compassion for them um, because you feel like you yeah. have that insight and um, like just that knowledge and great understanding of why people do the things that they do you kind of like yeah, absolutely. okay I've, I, I know what you're about I've got you figured out yeah <laughs> don't worry I'm yeah not exactly yeah <laughs> yeah well look, again like someone I used to um I used to work with that um I, I didn't really get on very well with at all um and I, they used to really do my head in but then since I um started counseling and stuff I then had a couple more conversations where I found out bits about their upbringing and like their dad had run off when they were a kid and all that kind of stuff. Right. And I started to piece together like, well, they're a person as well. They're going through the same, you know, journey that I'm going through. So that's why they're acting in the way that they have, because they've, they've not gone through this process of like learning more about themselves. Yeah. Um, so it really, honestly, I think it, I think it would help anyone. I'm convinced it would help anyone to get counselling. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such yeah. a nice thing to have to be able to look at the world and other people in a more positive way and for people to yeah. understand each other, that's sort of the key to a lot of things. Yeah. World peace. And do you know what yeah. Do you know what's brilliant about it as well is speaking to someone who doesn't have a stake in any of your relationships. Yeah. Doesn't have knows no one involved. There's no because yeah even your best mate you could there's stuff I've said to my counselor that I would never say to my best best friend in the world for fear of how they might judge me or you know you could say anything you wanted to to your counselor and they're just not gonna judge you necessarily they're not gonna you know there's there's yeah that's really freeing to be able to do that to just say you know the, the amount of times in my early sessions where I would say things like, oh, I know it's really bad to say this, but I feel this. And then she'd just say to me, like, stop saying it's bad to say it. You know, it's not. You're just, that's your feelings. You're only saying, oh, it's bad to say this because you might be, you know, saying something about a family member or a friend or something like that. Yeah. But because that person doesn't know them, you know, you're not worried that they're going to think, oh God, they, they're going to tell so-and-so that I've been slagging them off or anything. No, um, they're not attaching anything. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's really good because it, it helps to like, they're not bringing any baggage to it as well. So it helps you yeah. to like clarify in your mind what you're trying to explain because you can't go into the whole history of your entire life. So you end up, you kind of like just focus on an actual issue, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I think also a thing is like um, it can possibly be detrimental, like talking to friends because they're always going to be on your side. You know what I mean? Although they might always try to find yeah. a solution, and it's not always about trying to fix it. Counseling is literally just about getting it out and just clearing it out in your own mind, and you don't necessarily always need someone else to fix whatever yeah. it is. It just oh yeah absolutely absolutely I think sometimes when I'm really struggling 
the last thing I actually want is for someone to almost try and practically help because yeah. I just you know it just does my head in sometimes for someone to be like oh come on you can like think positive and all this kind of stuff I'd rather just be like left alone sometimes yeah um, no matter so you're how right. well meaning it is it's um yeah the sort of triggering kind yeah of. yeah absolutely so I, I think yeah you're right definitely having having someone completely impartial completely unknown to you because again I've said stuff that's like I've said stuff to a counsellor um I can't think of an example but say I was maybe complaining about a situation she's turned around to me and said well maybe have you thought about it from their point of view and actually like I'm slightly in the wrong but a friend might not have said that to me because they just want to support me um yeah yeah but she's helped me to see that actually some of my behavior wasn't that great in that situation as well exactly, yeah sort of bring you to account in a in a, in a yeah way, um, which is yeah really useful and that's that's what it's for as well you know you want to address all aspects of behavior you don't want someone to just reassure you and tell you that you're brilliant that's not helpful to anyone yeah. <laughs> yeah no absolutely no it sounds it sounds funny but no that's definitely true like it doesn't help you for someone to just constantly say like yeah no they are you know your mum is being a bitch or whatever <laughs> just, that doesn't help you no, know not that my mum's a bitch I'd like to disclaim that um, <laughs> but yeah I think it definitely counselling is my 100% my biggest tip for anyone anyone and everyone yeah yeah it's huge it's a huge thing everyone talks about opening up more and sometimes that's where it starts and that's where where it can give people the skills to do it and help other yeah. people do it yeah absolutely um so what's your coping method when you're having a bad day um it tends to be it's not really probably going to be that groundbreaking to be honest I just like um a lot of sleep a lot of um trying to just sort of let it happen to me and not um yeah I can't almost I know this is what's so hard about depression is like all the stuff that I know will help me get out of it is the stuff that I can't face doing when I feel like that yeah so again like exercise is a massive one for me that I'm a keen like I love football I used to run quite a bit I was um the first lockdown you know the Joe Wicks workouts when he was doing oh, PE with yeah. Joe. I was absolutely smashing them every single day oh, I honestly I, prob- I did um like a properly intense cardio workout every day for about three months, probably. And I felt unbelievable. <laughs> so bet, yeah. you know, I was smashing it. my mental health was great. Lockdown was, you know, it had given me a chance to actually be off, not off work, but I was at home and yeah, yeah. the weather was unreal. And it just felt like a really good <laughs> time. I know that's uh, mental to say. People have said that. It's like those halcyon days of lockdown one because it was, yeah. it was all novelty. A lot of the external pressures of normal life weren't around. We thought it was yeah. only going to last a few weeks. So we were like, we'll make the most of it because normal life. Yeah, absolutely. Little did we know. But yeah. It, it felt like a holiday camp at times. It was like, oh, should we do a should we do a quiz tonight? Should we go and like I know. clap at the door again? Yeah. You know, it's it was actually quite nice at times. Um so yeah, like but I was exercising a lot of that time. Whereas now I've not done much for I play football once a week because I love I love that and it doesn't feel like exercise, but I've not done 
any running or gym work or anything like that for probably about two months. And I know 100% when I start that again, I'll enjoy it. Probably it will make me feel better. But I honestly just cannot summon up the energy to do it or the will to like start doing it. It's um, it, isn't it? As soon as the habit's broken, it's so hard yeah. to get back into. And as soon as it started again and you get into it, it feels yeah. so easy again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I just end up, you know, like a lot of comfort eating and all that kind of stuff. And then that makes me feel worse because of my weight issues. And yeah, so when I'm in this sort of, I've, I've really learned when I'm in like a depressive state, just to try and let it pass and have faith that it will get better. I'm not going to be able to do a 10k run or go to the gym. I'm the fact that I'm looking after my daughter and going to work if I can, that's more than enough. Like there's yeah. no pressure on me to be Superman all the time. Um, so yeah, I think the difficult part really, because when I was first diagnosed, we didn't have Bonnie. So that was the hard bit because yeah. now with an 11 month old baby, I can't just stay in bed all day or, not do anything because you know that brings its own feeling of guilt and stuff anyway so it's really just trying to like very much stay in touch with what's going on in my head how I'm feeling um not pressure myself to do too much but try to do little bits if I can so even loading and unloading the dishwasher sounds stupid but that is self-care for me because it's helping the environment that I live in it's making it tidy and clean I feel like I'm useful you know it's something one less thing for my wife to worry about so just little things like that are what I try and focus on I know what you mean Um, they can be an achievement in themselves yeah carry on it's no it's okay um I was gonna say like a lot of people have found purpose in little things like that I think and like you say, there's a lot of payoff in th- those things when you do have that sense of achievement um, yeah. and makes you feel, it really can boost your mood, I think. Um, I, yeah. I, I said to my boyfriend recently, I've, I've really started enjoying washing the dishes. Like, <laughs> yeah. It just makes me feel like quite good when I've done it. And like you say, um, it's because it's your environment, because I can see the kitchen from where I work, I feel so much better if yeah. this is clean. Otherwise, I just can't yeah. properly. Yeah, exactly. No, and it, it's that little like mental break from stuff. You don't have to think about anything. Yeah, you can, you can just... switch off. My, my one at the minute is hanging the washing out. I love it because oh, yeah. I'm like in the garden. I yeah. can put a podcast on. I can just... Yeah, nice smell know. of on the clothes afterwards. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So little things like that. It's It really is that kind of thing that can be the difference between sort of spiralling and having a really bad day or actually making a decent day out of it is just stupid little things like that like making sure I have a shower and brush my teeth some mm. days that's about as much as I've got in me to be fair but you know that that in itself is okay if that's how I'm feeling that day of course um, it's, it's still a re- something to, that you've achieved when you feel that bad and all you want to do yeah. lie down it's definitely yeah exactly so yeah and and really just trying to practice not beating myself up is the most difficult part and I still wrestle with it you know um and and particularly when I've now I've got a daughter as well that's a huge huge thing for me is um that fear of like it impacting her in her life 
that's a very difficult kind of thing to come to terms with. And I'm still working on it, to be honest. I don't have any answers for that. Um, Apart from the fact that I'm just trying to, my wife's amazing in that she says like, well, think of it the other way. My daughter's going to be brought up by someone who I'm very in touch with my emotions. I'm not going to, you know, like pack anything up and explode and like have a go at her or anything. Um, And if she sees me upset and crying, then she knows that it's all right for men to do that and, so yeah, I'm just trying to look at those positives. Yeah, that's a brilliant thing. It's, I mean, what's the alternative? Like, you have really what you would perceive to be great mental health, but you're not even thinking about it because you've not had to. So you wouldn't know the signs if she might struggle when she's yeah. over. You wouldn't know how to look out for her emotionally as much as you do now. Yeah, um, and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of positives. Um, so yeah, I'm. I'm very again, like I said about feeling lucky that I've started the journey when I have I feel very lucky that I've put so much work into growing as a person before my daughter arrived which is amazing yeah because it it just really helps to again not my parents by any means did not do anything really that was you know like horribly wrong or anything but inevitably any parent is going to do stuff good and bad that is going to leave an imprint on their kids um so even just the fact that I'm aware of that um and hopefully, like you say, just can be aware when I do it, inevitably when it happens, I'll just know how to deal with it a bit more. Definitely, yeah. Um, I mean, we're all human. There's no perfect person, but it's um, just coping with things in the right way and growing yeah. from them, I guess, like with any. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so we, we covered the biggest challenges didn't we I don't know whether you had any more to add to that no no I think I think that's it really yeah um and this this is positive as well I know you said spending more time with your daughter would you yeah I think again I think I've kind of covered that really is it was that like feeling of actually it wasn't too bad it gave everyone people probably lived their lives thinking like oh my god I'd love three months at home and then we unexpectedly got it. And so I actually oh, think, we wished for, yeah. Yeah. So I actually think, you know, it was in some ways, and obviously it goes without saying people lost family members and stuff like that. So it's not, you know, it wasn't obviously a good thing. But yeah, there were there were positives to take from it in terms of how it brought people closer. And like I spoke to my friends more than I have in years probably in that time, because we yeah. would you know, we all live around the country and we would do a weekly quiz or whatever. And yeah. we'd never do that normally, but you kind of felt the need to do stuff like that. People video calling each other, checking on each other and like yeah. neighbours checking on each other as well. Like, I think mm. like feeling more like a community because you, you're there all the yeah. time. You only have the people around you and you can't see your family and friends. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when things get that bad, you have to look for the positives. Like, obviously we're not saying it was all great. It was a terrible time for a lot of people but yeah you, you have to find the light in the darkness don't you and it's good that a lot yeah, of absolutely feel like they did manage to do that yeah um what's one thing that you wish someone would do for you when you're having a bad day um I think like we spoke about before compassion really is the big the big thing so I've got a perfect example of like my dream treatment from people so Mm. this saturday just gone um because of me coming off my tablets and stuff and i was i was physically feeling 
you know, symptoms that I've not had before. So I was exhausted and I felt a bit sick and just felt dreadful. And um, we'd booked to see our best friends. They've got a little girl as well. So it was just literally like barbecue at their house. The weather was really nice. But I woke up and I just couldn't, I couldn't face doing it. And that might sound crazy to people because, you know, it, it would have been a nice thing to do. Yeah. And surely people might think surely that would make you feel better to go. Um, but no, I, I honestly just knew that I wasn't in the place for it. So um, I said that to, my, well, my wife actually brought it up. She was like, are you sure you want to go? Um, and yeah, we had the conversation. I said to her, please, please don't on my behalf, don't not go. So her and my daughter went. I spoke to our, well, my wife phoned our friends to just let them know I wasn't going to be there. And then I just got a text from my friend that just said, really hope you're okay. Totally fine that you're not coming. Just hope to see you soon. There was not even one like sliver of, Oh, are you sure you don't want to come? It might make you feel better. There was no judgment. There was no expectation from anybody at all. And that for me is like, the most kindness that I can expect from anybody was just total understanding from them that fair enough. Liam said, that's what he needs today. That's what he's going to get. And yeah, I just think that's amazing. Definitely. Yeah. Th- them accepting the situation. It's like we sort of covered it, but that's, that's sometimes the hardest thing to do in yourself. Sometimes it's hard enough to even accept when you have a negative feelings you like battling to change them and thinking I should be doing something else and that and that resistance pressure on even more and makes you feel worse but it's really a good thing to accept that there's just different states of emotions and obviously the mental health condition it will be more difficult as well yeah that that morning I woke up and I felt so awful because I was like again in my head it was going around like oh you can't even like, come on, you're going for a barbecue at your friend's house. You can't even do that. Like, how pathetic can you be? That voice. Oh, big oh, deal. Yeah, that was just like chipping away. But as okay. soon as I had the conversation and I took myself out of the situation, I took ownership of like, no, do you know what? My actual, for my own self-care and self-preservation, I need to not go. I felt a million times better because I'd taken that guilt off of myself. Yeah. Um and their reaction was so good because it did it it empowered me in that rather than making me question it yeah um which is really really valuable thing to do so i thank them for that because 100% because again like with your friends the temptation is to want to um fix it or help them yeah so again in my head i was like i really hope again it might sound bad I really hope they don't hear I'm not coming and think, right, let's get in the car and go to their house and yeah, be around Liam and help him. I was perfectly fine to just be on my own. Yeah. Um, so again, that understanding of, for some people, it might be that they want you to go and be there with them. Yeah. But just really listening to what they're saying and believing it, I think is a massive thing. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. And being able to, exercise those boundaries for yourself it's still yeah. a simple thing but it's like it's sort of like sometimes you just don't have the confidence to even be able to do that for yourself and you're just trying to please other people and it's just not a good way to live is it and I think so many people live yeah. for the pandemic 
even more yeah. so. But now that we've had that space, I think now probably the trick for a lot of people is keeping that up and not feeling pressured to have to catch up with loads of people and have this long list of people that they feel obligated to see. Like obviously we do want to see everyone, but you can't see them all overnight. Yeah. It'll take time to reintegrate. So yeah, exactly. And yeah, I just think there'll be so many situations for so many people that are like the one I've just described where your partner might just say, I'm so sorry, but I don't think I can do this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just giving them the license to do that. If that's how they really feel, then Definitely. yeah, I just think it's so caring to say, yeah, that's absolutely fine. And it is, and yeah. I'm, I'm really lucky that my, my partner's like that, that she'll be, you know, if I really can't do something, then she knows that I'm, she knows that I would try and I would prefer to do it. Um, but yeah, she'll just listen and, and say, yeah, that's absolutely okay. And give me the license to do it, which is amazing. So yeah, that would be my big thing for what I wish people would kind of do in general. That's, that's a really good one. I, I don't think that point has been covered before, but it's definitely a really valuable thing for people to just respect yeah. that distance yeah boundaries yeah um and what's the best thing you ever did for yourself I think that I think going for that first counseling session to be honest um that and yeah just learning I wouldn't say I've done it in that I'm finished but just learning to accept myself more for who I am um is just really yeah it's a very very powerful experience when you start to realize that like I don't have to really please it's not my job to fix other people's stuff Mm -hmm. you know they've they've got their own minds and yeah that's and again it's all stemmed from I know I sound like I work for a counseling company but (laughs) it's all stemmed from from having that therapy and and learning about myself more so without doubt that's the best thing I've ever done yeah I mean this is all the knowledge that sort of stays within you isn't it so it's um, yeah it's a good thing and I think everyone who's been through that and been through different programs of treatment um they the, the best thing is that they want to help other people like I don't think I've met anyone who's been like I've had counseling but I don't want to tell other people um about uh, uh, not not that they don't want to tell people about it, but they don't want to help other people like everyone just feels yeah. I think they want to share what they've learned and stop yeah, absolutely. feeling that bad which is a really nice yeah thing. yeah um but at the same time like you say you can't worry about everyone else or like spend energy making other people feel comfortable like obviously the people around you as much as possible but yeah. um you can get really caught up and forget about yourself as well yeah just and that pressure to like you know, I was a big people pleaser. I always have been a big people pleaser. And again, yeah. a lot of it stems from my childhood um, for for different reasons. And once you start to realise that that's, that's all that happened, basically, is, you know, like my parents had a few arguments when I was at a very impressionable age. Not awful arguments, no, you know, no domestic violence or anything like that at all. Um, but even... Even if you're at the wrong, you know, age that you're like a sponge and you're taking stuff in, it might be that they had one argument in five years. But if it's the wrong time and you as a child felt that urge to fix it, that might set you up then to, you know, all of a sudden you're at work when you're 30 and you don't want to tell your boss you won't do something because 
you're afraid of what they might think about you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you never know just, where that's come from. No, but then you'll. I'll speak in counselling, and I'll say I'll some. I'll come out with that, you know, about that argument, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, that's why I've been for my yeah. entire life, you know, trying to please everyone or make everyone like me or worry about who if someone thinks I'm a knob. Now I'm not as bothered, truly, because yeah. um, I'm trying to address that kind. Of, I still want, obviously, if I prefer people to think I'm a decent bloke but yeah. I'm not you know obsessed with everyone's got to like me and think I'm hilarious and do all this stuff you know yeah it's, um, it's so freeing yeah it? it just takes a lot of weight off of you to to realize that kind of thing yeah yeah because I think everyone's sort of got it in them like obviously they want to be liked and they want to be um other people think they're great but I think certain people definitely like people pleasers like you said they want everyone to think they're the best person in their life and they're really like put a lot of energy <laughs> yeah. yeah trying to really impress people and it's just it's it's not it's it's probably comes across as like strange as well like if you ever think about yeah yeah you can tell they're trying really hard it makes you feel a bit uncomfortable doesn't it yeah exactly yeah think, actually have I done that myself like no one needs that it's sort of pressuring people to think a certain way I guess isn't it so just be yeah exactly and again that will that will all just stem from something that's happened to that person that yeah you know at some at some point they felt a pressure in their life to to hold something together and it's just made them feel like that's their job now that it's just a deep-rooted fear that if I don't fix something you know this conflict might lead to abandonment or whatever yeah um so yeah you just you do really it's like someone when you go for treatment it's like someone hands you like a the cheat code sometimes of of life and why stuff works the way it does and that's how I feel really it's like I I know a little bit about why things work the way they do particularly in my own head yeah Um, yeah it's interesting there's no one that wouldn't benefit from that absolutely no one um yeah yeah absolutely until you've done it I think yeah yeah um and what's one thing that you would tell the younger Liam um I mean I'd love to like I'd love to sort of like chaperone myself through certain stuff when I was younger so yeah just just different different situations that happened that have really like left a mark on me um, I'd like to go back and maybe not experience them. But then again, that would make me a different person. So would that be better or worse? Um, really just trying not to like internalise everything quite as much as, you know, I have done my whole life because, you know, particularly the way issue, that's been probably the big the big thing for my whole life. Right, yeah. um, and again, it it kind of you don't realise how little people are actually thinking about what they're saying. They don't, they don't really mean it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I've realised that people, I've brought stuff up in counselling that someone said to me 17, 18 years ago that they would not have a clue that they said it. No. If I told them now, if I met someone that I went to school with and said, oh, you called me fat in 2003, they'd probably feel awful about that. Um, I've probably said stuff to people that 
I might be the person that they're bringing up in counselling. Yeah, I've thought you know. this sometimes. Like, everyone can say something stupid or they don't mean or they say something out of, um, in the moment they feel uncomfortable, yeah. say something out of awkwardness, and then straight away you think, why did I say that? But then you don't got you yeah. don't like, rectify it, and then you think, you start thinking about it, and like, yeah. I hope person wasn't really upset, and they might be, like you say. Um, yeah, and, and when you're a kid particularly, you know, like you're so if it's not you that's getting picked on, you know, it's very easy to get drawn into the crowd. That's like one of the people that if it's not you and it's someone else, thank God I'll join in. You know what I mean? And I've, I definitely did that when I was a kid. So yeah, it's realizing that those people that really hurt you didn't mean to do that and probably didn't, they just lashed out. They didn't mean anything really by it, but it was just, um, you kind of, my counsellor said to me, you kind of have the choice between letting that go and letting that be what it was mm. or letting that person dictate your entire life. And I have let people dictate my entire existence based off of something they said before a PE lesson when I was 12. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I know. Um, it you so much, can't it? And then that person... Yeah living rent-free in your head for absolutely no reason and yeah absolutely being affected by not forgiving them is yourself like they would they'll have yeah no absolutely for that. yeah it's they'd, they'd not believe it if you said you know do you have any idea how much that has affected my life yeah they'd have no clue no. um so yeah it's it's just that that side of it I think is so interesting to kind of unpick that and and try to like forget about that a bit so yeah I'd say to my younger self just try not to take everything people say so personally and so to heart because it does have an impact I I mean I'm proud that I'm a sensitive person don't get me wrong yeah um but yeah I just think don't internalize everything quite as much because that won't it just won't help no and it'll take a lot of work to <laughs> uncover yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah unpick that learning like so yeah fun. you you literally are trying to like this 12 year old kid is like clinging on to oh my god but people might think I'm fat and you're trying yeah. to like pull his fingers off of the, the grip you know <laughs> that's that's definitely good advice I mean it's what a brilliant thing to come to the realization of even if it does take you until late 20s early 30s or whatever yeah well and again I'm I'm so lucky that it's that it is happening now because you know my so a big one that a lot of people fall into is um, with jobs and stuff. They'll, they'll, I constantly was like, oh, I hate it here. I'm going to leave and do something else. And then you'd get to the next thing and you'd think, oh, this is shit. I'm going to leave here. Um, but that is because you're striving. You're trying to fill a hole with a job that is something internal. Yeah. Um, and again, even realizing that at 30, I'm so pleased because my dad is only just realizing that and he's 60. So I could be... Yeah. I could be try- I could be still experiencing these same patterns of behavior for the rest of my whole life and I'm just very pleased that I'm still fairly young in time yeah. to kind of now live a different life. Yeah, thank God I've still got time to do yeah. things differently and yeah, it's yeah. really valuable, definitely. Yeah. Um so final question, what are your go-to songs or song, I don't know how many you settled on, um that always just lift your day um the big one is um i don't know if you know pencil full of lead by paolo nutini 
Um, oh yeah, it's yeah. Got like, yeah, yeah. It's like a little jumpy song. Yeah, um, but we play it. Yeah, we play it with uh, with our baby, and we like oh. dance around the kitchen and stuff. And it just it will always remind me of that. And I'm so proud to like. Um, I nearly started crying then. Oh. It nearly happened. That's what music. I'm so do. proud to. Yeah, I just really it makes me feel like. Yeah, I'm very proud that I'm still here and I've stuck around and got through all of this stuff to the point where I can enjoy moments like that with my daughter and my wife. And yeah, it's a, it's just a song that makes me think of that. So that will definitely be the one for me. Oh, brilliant. And it's, yeah, that's like I say, the power of it. You can just put a song on it immediately takes you back to that yeah. place and makes you feel those feelings. Like, thank God we yeah. have, have music. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Day to day. Yeah, that was really good. Thank you. And a really good um, reason behind it as well. And that was thank all, you. it was all really brilliant. Thanks so much for coming on. No, thank you. Honestly, I really appreciate it. I'm sorry if I've kind of like, it's been like Liam FM. I've just been talking a lot, but. Um, no, don't be silly. It was, it was great. Honestly, I'm sure it'll be just really valuable for a lot of people and keep doing, doing what you're doing because it's, yeah yeah thank you very much yeah and thank you thank you for um asking me to do it i hope it all goes really well and keep thank keep you. it up because i think it's a it's a really valuable thing what you're doing so um yeah yeah honestly i'm enjoying I it. hope you're enjoying it and getting something out of it yeah i am it's really it's great i just kind of missed talking to people i think through the pandemic and then i was just kind yeah. of like really curious to see what everyone was going through and like comparing experiences I guess so yeah, yeah. we'll uh, keep going it's um like yeah absolutely series and then I'm, I'm already planning for the second series so yeah yeah and that's great just, yeah. well let me know if um if you need me to do anything more in the future or yeah if, if you need any like because I know a few people that might be good for guests or whatever so oh, yeah well, let me know if you yeah um, I'm always looking for people so that would be really good if you have any names yeah yeah cool no problem right well so nice to meet you and yeah thank you again for that i really enjoyed that oh good i'm glad thanks again speak to you soon yeah speak to you see you later you too Bye. bye